from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The Authorcast. Welcome back to The Authorcast. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and I'm looking forward to another year of sharing our stories with meeting planners. The Georgia World Congress Center Authority hosted its first major event in 2021 over Martin Luther King Jr. weekend with the Little Big South Volleyball Tournament. On today's episode, I am joined by Laurie and Randy D'Agostino of Tampa Volleyball Events, the producers of this tournament and the Big South Qualifier, which we will host in April. We have a great conversation that I believe will provide insight to all meeting planners. They talk about their history, how they began producing events in Atlanta, their relationship with the GWCC, and changes that they made due to COVID-19. The best way to stay connected with all episodes of the Authorcast is by subscribing at gwcca.org backslash the Authorcast. It is also available on the Apple and Spotify platforms. I would also like to remind you to rate and review us as well. Thank you for listening and for your support. And now, my interview with Laurie and Randy from Tampa Volleyball Events. We are thrilled to be joined today with Laurie and Randy D'Agostino from Tampa Bay Volleyball Events. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. If, you, if you'll start out, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Tampa Volleyball Events. Well, thanks for having us, Parker. Um, so Tampa Volleyball Events uh, started um, quite a while ago. And um, in it, we were actually running a club volleyball program. Um, and decided to start running a small tournament, in which we did. And we had 48 teams, I think, that first year in our tournament in Tampa. And that kind of evolved into our event business. Uh, we no longer run club volleyball. Our, both of our kids have gone through the system and now are, you know, old and on their own. So, uh, But we have continued to run the tournaments. We really enjoy them. Uh, I was a former player. Randy has been a coach for forever. <laughs> so that's kind of so, how we got into this. So it was just something that it started, you had daughters that were playing and you got involved. That you know, when it started, we did not have any kids. And uh, Randy was coaching at a local high school, Berkeley Pre Preparatory School, and just kind of wanted to find a way to make his team better. Yeah. And had heard about this thing called AAU volleyball. And, <laughs> and that was, that was in 1984. Okay. And, um, that we started the first club program in the state of Florida. Okay. Wow. And, uh, we had no one to play against. So, uh, we were able to scrimmage, uh, the universities in Florida oh, cool. and we would travel the state and just, scrimmage against them because like I said, there were no other club programs, but, uh, after 1984, uh, the word got out that there was this new thing in town and, uh, clubs started to pop up. Okay. That, thank you for answering that. So, you know, at the Congress center, we're aware of, of little big South and the big South qualifier. How long have those been a bit? How long have those events been around? So Little Big South is a fairly new event. Um, it first started in its first form. It started in 2012. Uh, 2015 was the first year that we really called it Little Big South. Um, so it's, it's been around now. This is it's our seventh year that we just had. 
Seventh year is a little Big South. Uh, Big South, uh, the difference is that we started that in 1987 down in Tampa. And basically stayed in the Tampa area, moved into the Tampa Convention Center in 1992. Uh, At that point, we were hosting the event in about 16 different facilities around Tampa. So moved in the Convention Center, continued to grow. Uh, Our last year in this area, we kind of outgrew Tampa, and we had part of our event in Orlando. And then we moved to Atlanta in 2005. So we've been there now for 17 years. So 17 years down here and 17 years in Atlanta. How did the relationship with us get started? When when y'all were looking to move, and how did you land in Atlanta and the GWCC? We were were actually uh, hoping to go take the entire event to Orlando because it's in our backyard. Yeah. Um, and just we're, we're looking for a little leverage um, to negotiate with the Orlando Convention Center. And um, our housing company had been working with USA Volleyball and the USA Volleyball National Championships had just taken place in Atlanta and said, hey, why don't you just talk to my guy in Atlanta that I worked with for USA Volleyball and just see if we can get Atlanta interested. So while we were up there at a tournament, we met with Jeremy Rubin, who was with the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau at the time. And uh, he basically said, no, we want your event here. And we thought it was a great way to kind of try to get the bargaining going on so that we could get Orlando to play ball at a reasonable level. And and then Jeremy was relentless um, and basically said, you guys have to give us your bottom line and tell us what will it take for you to move your event here. So we did, we came up with a list of probably 15 things that we needed to move the event to Atlanta. And um, he said, but you know, if I come back and I, if we, we come back as a city and we all come together and say, yes, then you got to come. So that's exactly what happened. Um, at that time, there we, was, we, we gave him our word that yeah. he was able to, meet the uh, you know those demands so to speak that we would come and he met them and their city of atlanta met them yeah i mean there was an amazing relationship between the, the big five hotels and the convention center and the acdb and they all just pitched in and, and made it happen for us so. yeah i think i think when we want a piece of business we'll we'll go pretty hard for it yeah that's a great <laughs> example of that so you guys have been working with the convent for the georgia world congress center for a long time now yes. um, do you, I mean, talk about, you know, kind of that relationship, you know, I'm, I'm sure convention center volleyball is such a different thing than what, you know, teams are used to playing. So kind of talk about that relationship a little bit and, and uh, how things are going there. Well, I think the relationship with the GWCC is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it was amazing from the very beginning. You know, we, we've been through a lot of changes in administration. You know, there was a period of time, uh, just like every every business over the course of 17 years, I'm sure, you know, there uh, is, a, is kind of like a change in focus of, of what the, the main directives are going to be for a facility or a hotel or something like that. And so we've seen those changes and some of them have been great and some of them have not been not so great, but we've managed to work our way through it. And um, with this current administration, I feel like we're kind of, you know, back at home. Uh, it's, they're incredible to work with. I mean, every single person we work with all the way down to, you know, the people that work in the housekeeping department are just, they're fabulous and they couldn't support us more. Um, 
especially through what everybody has been through over the last you know year. Yeah, that's a great transition. I kind of wanted to speak a little bit about that. I know COVID-19 has definitely hit our industry hard, and I'm sure you guys, you know, had to make a lot of changes to that. Kind of talk about the timeline, you know, what, what was happening, I guess, in February, March of 2020 with you guys and what you've had to reschedule. And then also, let's talk about, you know, the event we had uh, over Martin Luther King weekend and then looking forward this year. Well, so we – we take part in, in running uh, a number of events throughout the, throughout the year, but it's very concentrated from like January to April. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year we were able to run Little Big South and um, our other event that takes place in January, which is in Nashville. And then we um, also help run one in DC. So those were able to happen. And then that was mid February. And by then everything was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the, DC event, it, it shut down. Yeah. So, so pretty much everything in our industry across, you know, across the nation, everyone was postponing events and we all postponed our events to begin with. And that's another way that the GWCC was amazing. is just, we just kept postponing and postponing and hoping that we would eventually be able to do it in June and then just finally pulled the plug. Um, so it's been a year. So little big South was our first event in a year. Um, so a little nervous, I think, out of the shoot, you know, to, to make sure we could do something and do it the right way. Um, the GWCC was great in giving us the support information we needed, what they were doing with their facilities, the changes that they had put in play. Um, and I, obviously there was some concern about the alternative care facility being set up in a building, which ended up being a non-concern at all. A non-issue completely. Yeah, they were, uh, you know, the, everything, the protocol around that, the security around that, everything, it's almost like the GWCC has just cut an arm off and, you know, just pushed it off to the side. So uh, it w- that was and it wasn't, very reassuring. It wasn't like uh, our organization kept it from our clients. I mean, yeah. it, we, we let them know uh, that that was going to be in A3. And, um, you know, not only did we have almost twice as many teams for this event than we've ever had before, uh, we only had one team drop. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of that is uh, GWCC gave us information to be able to, you know, stuff that they had put onto their website or they were sending out to their clients. We could take that and kind of develop it into um, some information to send out to our clients. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah, I know that, you know, we, we've, we've talked closely to other clients and stuff. When, 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 do you know when exactly you made the decision that, hey, yes, we the final decision, we are going to move forward with this? I'm, I'm sure... It was a long process. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I actually think we kind of just had the positive mindset of yeah. we are moving forward. Okay. I think the only hiccup that happened was finding out about the, the alternative care facility. Okay. And then how do we handle that? And, and we pretty much jumped on it right away. I, I, we had people responding to us that it hadn't even really gotten out in the Atlanta media yet. Yeah. Uh, when we were letting people know um, the decisions that have been made. So, so did you, did you make any changes 
to the, I, I, I know masks were required and all of that stuff. Kind of talk about changes that you made maybe to the format of the tournament that was different due to, you know, stipulations that were in place. We started working on that last year because right. with the hope of, of being able to run Big South. So some of that we, we already had in play, uh, but it was basically just going back and fine tuning it and fine tuning it. And since no events had taken place anywhere, there, there was really nothing to kind of guide you. Um, but we do have a consortium of event directors across the country that talk on a monthly basis. So together we were developing ideas about what it is we feel like we need to put in place. Um, By the way, Laurie leads that consortium. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but some of the things that we did were uh, spacing out the courts more. Yeah. Um, in an area, it, we were in C building, all of C building, and in the area where we could normally fit 66 courts, we spread them out and used 40. So again, that's another way that the GWCC came back and helped us tremendously because they were supportive and just said, you know, you guys tell us what you need. We're going to help. Just to let's get this event going. Um, And so spacing out the courts more, we um, spaced the spectator chairs differently. We um, limited the spectators. We staggered our start times of our matches if you're not familiar with the volleyball tournament, it kind of takes place in two waves, like an AM wave and a PM wave. And we staggered start times even within that individual wave. Um, those were so, uh, There are a lot of individual match protocols that were changed. Like typically teams change sides after every set. So we eliminated the changing of sides. So when you came to the court, you just stayed right where you're at. You didn't move sides and, you know, tried to create uh, – Entry and exit paths that were a little bit more clean than we have had to use in pass, things like that. We limited the number of people. Um, you, you have two teams that are obviously playing, and then you have another team that is working or helping the officials, and we limited the number of people that would be on the work team during the match. Trying to set up the venue where there were some real open spots throughout the venue that we could kind of push people to so they're not hanging out by a court. But if you have a, a match off, go sit over here, you know, get away from the crowds a little bit. I, I was down there for the event and most of the feedback that I heard was was positive. I'm sure you guys um, talked to a lot more teams than what we did. Kind of talk about, you know, the feedback that you heard from teams. I know a lot of people were excited to finally be playing again. So. You know, like Randy mentioned, we um, this is the largest Little Big South has ever been. And I think uh, and a great deal of that is due to the fact that teams just want to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these girls that missed pretty much 90% of their season last year who are, you know, looking to be seen by college recruiters, hoping to play in college. I mean, there's a whole lot of factors other than that, too, but just wanting to play. So I think the support from the teams were great. Um, what you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think uh, because uh, we opened our registration for that event October first. Yeah, and uh, from the get go, we we were just exploding um, with entries, and we were sitting there shocked at first, thinking we thought it was going to be a down year. You know, <laughs> people were. It was just the opposite. So we were. Uh, from the very beginning, realizing that you asked before, when when did you think that you were going to really be doing that? 
October 1st. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought because the, the, the clients just wanted it to happen so bad. Yeah. So it's really on us to kind of find a way to make it happen. Yeah, safe. yeah, which is which is important. I mean, if people want to come, we've got to find ways to make sure pe- people can come and have safe yeah. time. So let's look forward to Big South. Um, I know it obviously is a lot bigger than what we just did. Uh, kind of discuss things that you learned that you'll be implementing, things that will be doing the same. Uh, kind of what that what that weekend will look like. Well, I think the first thing we learned from this really is that events like this can take place, can happen. Um, but it does take exceptional planning. And, and although I think we, we did do exceptional planning, I think, you know, a lot of our protocols we had, our attendee safety plan, everything that we were doing was really important. Obviously you learn on the Still fly learn. as well. Yep. Um, we, we had a, COVID testing program that we implemented with the teams and a lot of that took place prior to them attending, um, did not have as much participation from the clubs and the teams that are attending in that as I think we should have in order to do this sort of thing. So that probably is the next thing we learned is that the exceptional planning has to be not just on the part of the event producers. It has to be on the part of the attendees. It's about, Thinking forward, if you want to attend an event in two weeks, what is it going to take for us as athletes, individual athletes? What is it going to take for us as a club team um, in order for us to be able to go to that event and be there safely for ourselves and others? Uh, so I think there's more education out there. And obviously, there's been over the course of the year, there's been a lot of you know political uh, opinions attached both to mask wearing, to testing, things of that nature. And I think all of us who are wanting to just do business and to be able to have kids participate in sports that we have to, we have to shelve all of that individual, what our individual thoughts are on that. And it has to become simply about how do you do this more safely? Yeah. And so there are a lot of things we did protocol wise that are going to be continued. There are some things that I don't think that, that we did that I don't think are as important, but for instance, on the fly in the middle of the event, we kind of learned that, Although most people were taking precautions and being very compliant with our requirements, that there's a need to have what we internally within our own staff comically called the mask patrol. But it just took, you know, our staff members and kind of said, okay, you're responsible for these five courts. You're going to do these five. And, and on the hour, you're just going out there and walking around the courts and just reminding everybody that's, you know, I just as Randy would call it the the, di- the chin diaper, you know, exactly wearing a mask. <laughs> Make sure they got it pulled up. Yeah, yeah. So reminding people about things like that. Um, uh, you know, we're dealing with a young population. Yeah. So they have a sense of invincibility about them, and Absolutely. and they're a little bit harder to convince. So, uh, and I think a lot of it is unintentional. You know, yeah. they're just sitting around eating and. And thinking it's okay, I'm not going to wear my mask for the 45 minutes that I'm eating. And so I think there's a lot of education like that that we have to to increase for for Big South to take place. And the other thing that I think we saw is that uh, there are pockets of, of of groups within our events. So we have you know we have, might have officials, you have you know teams, and you have spectators, and you have staff. And within each of those pockets, I think the um, exposure level is a little different 
and uh, how you need to handle it within each of those groups is a little different. Um, so we've learned a little bit more about that. Um, and an example of that is I think our staff was either 22 or 25 strong and every staff member knew that when they came into the office area, their mask had to remain on mm-hmm. the entire time they were in there. Yeah. But we, all of our, all of our staff tested prior to arrival, uh, to the event. And then we, um, rapid tested again the night before the event started. We had a number of, of staff people who felt they possibly were exposed. So they went and tested, you know, a few days into the event. So, and so far everyone's great. Uh, yeah. That's good. Um, we are trying to keep track of, of any sort of exposures that we know we have coming out of this. But um, I think with Big South, we have to look at it almost like it's going to be three smaller little Big Souths. You know? right. You're going to run in each building individually which is a little different than how we've handled it in past. Yeah, we've, you know, we've always run it as the largest single weekend uh, volleyball tournament in the country, you know, and we were proud to be able to say that. I think Laurie's exactly right, though. It's three separate buildings, three separate tournaments, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's how we're going to think of it. So how many, how many courts will be, will be operational? 199. Wow. Do you know? Do you know what the building split will be yet? We have. Uh, we will have eighty-eight in building B. B. Okay. Which is our build? Which is our biggest facility? Correct. Uh, Fifty-six in building C. Okay. Um, Eleven in B C. Okay. And forty-four in building A. Cool. And what, what weekend is that? That is actually Easter weekend, April okay. 2nd through the 4th. Okay, great. Um, I know I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on today. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before I let you go? I will just share one more fact with you that sort of points to the how much people want to play. And we really just need to keep getting our hands around doing it as safely as possible. In, in a typical year, when we fall on Easter weekend, we're usually down 200 to 250 teams from a non-Easter weekend. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're up 500 teams. Wow. From, on an Easter weekend. Yeah. So it is going to be the largest Big South we've ever run. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to do our very best to do it as safely as we can. Well, that's great. Is, is there a best way for people? Do you have a guys have a website or anything people can keep up with Big South at? Yeah, it's uh, BigSouth.us. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you.